Welcome to the Self-Love Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Rosenberg. I am the author of The Human Magnet Syndrome, The Codependent Narcissist Trap, and the creator of the Codependency Cure and Hitch Trauma Resolution Treatment Programs. If you identify with codependency, which I renamed the Self-Love Deficit Disorder, or you're caught in the crosshairs of narcissistic abuse or gaslighting, you've come to the right place. Expect the very best information that I know, whether from my own personal journey of recovery or through my 35 years of professional experience. What separates my work from others is my understanding of the origin of the problem, the solutions, and the necessity to take responsibility for one's broken picker that always points them to the dream of the soulmate, but the nightmare of the cellmate. So join my self-love recovery community and set your sights on the cure, self-love abundance. So it's really important that we talk about this because I think a lot of people find themselves in this situation and don't have the language to describe what exactly is going on. So I want to talk about narcissistic abuse, mm-hmm. what that is, and then we can talk about how we can heal from that or fix that or, or, or attack that in, in any way. So what, what is the definition Ross Rosenberg, of narcissistic abuse. Before I answer the question, let me say that there is a proliferation of information about narcissists, um, narcissistic abuse, and it's mind boggling. Yes. Um, And anyone who has been a victim of it, who claims to have overcome it, they have found an audience and people are just eating it up. And so what people explain is narcissistic abuse is a catch-all term. And it's a term that I don't use a lot because it's too general. But basically, it's any abuse caused by someone who is what I would call a pathological narcissist, someone who has a personality disorder, Mm -hmm. whether it's borderline personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, or antisocial personality disorder, who hurts someone, who causes them harm, Whether it is direct harm, you know, abuse, verbal abuse, uh, sexual, um, emotional abuse, Mm -hmm. whether it's neglect, whether it's abandonment, whether it's gaslighting, there is this large swath of possibilities of what we call narcissistic abuse. But I'll tell you why I don't really embrace the term, because it accidentally promotes what I call a victim mentality. But before I explain that, I first have to say there is no excuse for anyone to harm another person. But according to the human magnet syndrome, SLDs, people who with self-love deficit disorder, codependents, they keep choosing the same narcissistic partner over and over again, or they keep going back to the same one, which means they participate in it. Right. Now, I won't say that they enjoy, like, or want to be hurt, but when given an option to extract themselves from the relationship or an opportunity to get help, they choose to ignore it. And that's why I started off this discussion with all of the stuff out on YouTube and all of these people that are talking about narcissistic abuse, this and narcissist, this nasty narcissist. It's the word of the day, by the way, that word narcissist is everywhere, but There is a difference between narcissistic personality disorder, uh, you know, like real abuse and somebody who's just a a, a and who's, 
you know, there's just a difference. Exactly. We need, can, we need to make that distinction. So I'm glad you said that. So if we understand narcissistic abuse as harm or abuse caused by a narcissist to someone with uh, who's more vulnerable or less powerful, well, that and it, that's simply what narcissistic abuse is. But when we promote that term and we don't come up with a realistic explanation of the relationship dynamics that bring the SLD or the codependent with the narcissist, and I talk about this as the dance, you know, right. the opposite dance of the, the, the person who needs all the love, respect, and caring, and the person that gives it all away, then we're going to give bad advice to people. Because I will tell you, Lori, it doesn't work. When you tell someone, leave the narcissist, they're bad, they're hurtful. Just um, right. How about understanding why they're there? And this well, is a big, big part. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I tend to see things, what I call as three-dimensional. And let's call the problem narcissistic abuse. Uh -huh. I call the problem SLDD or codependency. And the problem is a SLD or codependent is in a relationship with a narcissist and they are victims of narcissistic abuse. The abuse does happen, just to be clear. Right, right. Um, but to what level are they pure victims and to what level are they participants? When an SLD meets a narcissist, it's not like the SLD falls in love because they're fooled. No, they fall in love because of chemistry. It is right. an unconscious attraction to something that is familiar, right. something that paradoxically makes them feel safe. An SLD, according to the human magnet syndrome explanation, will not feel comfortable around a healthy person. They will be anxious because they won't know what to do. Now they won't know it. They'll just know that there's uh, no chemistry. When the narcissist is charismatic, it, mm -hmm. it's all genuine, so to speak. Like it's happening in real time. It's not, I'm going to trick this person into doing this and then I'm going to do this to them. That would make them pretty psychopathic um, and mm -hmm. pretty severe, but- And there, and there are- And there are some of those. And, and all yeah. you have to do is watch Dirty John uh, on Netflix and you'll see right. those examples, you know? So when we do talk about the narcissist, what are we talking about? Because, you know, I don't want to throw that term out loosey-goosey either. Okay. Well, you know, as a clinician or a psychotherapist, I'm trained to use diagnoses according to what we understand the mental health sciences. So in my book, I operationally defined pathological narcissists, and that is having one of three personality disorders. These are mental health conditions that are abundantly researched. Most, if not all mental health practitioners understand them, learn about them and can diagnose them. And that is narcissistic personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, and antisocial personality disorder. Some people refer to that as these cluster B disorders. Okay. And all of them are personality disorders, which means the person does not know they have a problem. They are not open to seeking help. They, um, they lack accountability when they hurt someone. They tend to be selfish, self-centered, grandiose, and if challenged, um, harmful. And so by using these three personality disorders, what I've done is I've created a broader understanding that narcissists, pathological narcissists, comes in all sizes and shapes. Right. 
but they have to fit one of these three persona disorders. Everyone is using the term narcissism for individuals who are just self-centered and jerks. selfish. <laughs> just, yeah, just the jerks, right? Yeah, like the you jerks. can't jerk without necessarily being a pathological narcissist. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm grateful that, you know, people like you are out there with the qualifications to actually be able to talk about this uh, properly. So I, I think one of the things is people wonder, how the hell do I get away from this kind, A, this pattern or this relationship? Because as you said, if the person is a pathological narcissist, they don't see themselves as such and they're not going to go get help. So, And, and, and depending on what type of pathological narcissist, they will purposely do everything they can to sabotage any attempt of escaping. It doesn't really matter what you do in order to to get out of the relationship until you solve the problem that draws you into the relationship, keeps you into the relationship, and reinforces everything that happened to you starting as a child with your own narcissistic parent that you have or the person has brought forward into all the relationships. Codependency psychotherapy doesn't work because they are dealing with all of the, what I would call the personality traits that you just, if you change, you get better. But the the truth of the matter is self-love deficit disorder. It has a complicated beginning. It comes from um, childhood neglect and abuse from a narcissistic parent that deeply, profoundly impacts someone's personality development. So by the time you are an adult and you are now um, dating or uh, wanting to be romantic or intimate with someone, you are always going to find the narcissist in the room and believe that they are the attractive one. It doesn't matter if you, me, or anyone else says, well, only look for a guy like this or a woman like this. Don't do this. Set boundaries. It doesn't stick because the deeper issues at play from the attachment trauma, you, it's, it's, it's this ongoing narrative inside of someone's mind that they're only good enough for a narcissist. Right. And therefore anyone else will probably reject them and not love them as, as we both. I know. hope so. There's one thing I want to ask you though. What, I, I do want to talk about one thing before we go, because it's something that comes up a lot and that's the word boundary. And, you know, when we talk about boundaries, clinicians offices we talk a lot about boundaries so i want to know how boundaries fit into this some this cure or the program or how to overcome um, most coaches and psychotherapists like 95 percent of coaches and psychotherapists have no idea on how to solve this codependency or self-love deficit disorder or the chronic attraction to narcissists and so what they do is they they try to give people solutions as best as they understand them so boundaries are essential for any healthy human to, in yeah. order to be in a healthy relationship. To teach someone boundaries and not get to the deeper issue of the, of the trauma that they carry that's responsible for SLDD, the, the core shame, the, the pathological loneliness, the SLDD addiction, all of the underlying um, issues, the boundaries are only temporary and they don't stick because it doesn't matter how good you are setting a boundary. If it, the boundary is with a narcissist, it doesn't matter who teaches you how to set a boundary. 
because you are with someone who is only going to follow it should that boundary be beneficial to them mm-hmm. or keeps them from experiencing a, con- um, a consequence. Right. Well, I think, uh, listen, I, I think it's been, it's very clear from this conversation. It, there's no, it, there's no bandaid solution to this. It's not a exactly. quick fix. Exactly. Anybody who's in this situation is there because of early trauma of abandonment, yeah. attachment issues, whatever it is, that depth of, of trauma requires a, a certain depth of healing too, which means that you can't just do it you know, see a therapist once or twice and okay, teach me how to put a, up a boundary and I'm done. Or exactly. I leave the relationship and that's the end of it. Just help me leave. It's not about that. Uh, even though those are important elements, exactly. but you still have to do the, the, the deeper work and confront those issues, which isn't easy to do. I, I you know. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, my favorite saying is from George Eliot. It's never too late to be the person you should have been. Mm-hmm. And I tell that to every one of my clients that they don't have to spend the, the rest of their life feeling submerged underwater, drowning because of this SLDD problem. They can heal all of the obstacles that keep them from loving themselves because the human magnet syndrome works for healthy people. If you are self-love abundant, which is the cure for this problem of self-love deficit disorder, you are going to be attractive to another healthy person. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And that's the key. It works in the reverse as well. So the healthier you become, the more likely you are. And I've seen that. I've seen it with my own eyes, like people transforming into mm-hmm. that and then getting into these beautiful, wonderful relationships after they've done the work. So it, it is definitely possible. And I want people to hear this and understand that there is there is hope and there is light and there is positivity and you can, you can be the driver of your own bus. Well, thank you so much. Always a pleasure talking to you, Ross. Thank you. uh, People can go to selfloverecovery.com and I highly recommend the book, The Human Magnet Syndrome. And let's look out for writing the codependency cure, which everybody's waiting for. I've been waiting Mm -hmm. for it since the day I read The Human Magnet Syndrome. It's like, okay, now what? Tell us what. So at least we can watch you on video. Very active on like all social media. I see you all over yeah. uh, Facebook and you post all kinds of stuff. And so people have access to you, a lot of free stuff and, and just stuff that they can uh, get to know. And then of course they can take your training. So thank you. Best of luck. And we'll be in touch. All right. You take care. Take care now. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Building a self-love recovery community means the world to me. Spread the word. Let people know what we're talking about. And until we meet next, I'd like to leave you my favorite of all sayings by George Eliot. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Don't forget that. Our future is in our hands, despite what anyone has told you before. You can be the self-love abundant person you've always dreamt of. It's your birthright.